Hi, this is Jeff Thigpen, Guilford County Register of Deeds. And I'm Carly Malcolm, lead for North Carolina Fellow for Guilford County from the UNC School of Government. And welcome to the Good Grief Podcast. Have you ever lost a loved one and had to figure out what to do? Have you ever felt alone and overwhelmed? Did it make you wonder why on earth this is all so complicated? In this podcast series, we bring together community partners to talk unapologetically about issues of death and dying. We answer questions about funerals, hospice, estates, and more to give our listeners the knowledge they need to make decisions for themselves and their loved ones. We want everyone in Guilford County to know that they're supported, that we live in a community where we cannot only live and live well, but when we die, we can also die well because we care. So we thank you for joining us for the Good Grief Podcast and for taking this step to be better prepared for end-of-life challenges. Welcome to the Good Grief Podcast. I'm Jeff Thigpen, Guilford County Register of Deeds with Carly Malcolm, Lead for NC Fellow from the North Carolina Institute of Government. Today, we're going to learn about the Guilford County Clerk's Office and who better to have with us today is our very own Clerk of Court, Lisa Johnson Tompkins. Lisa was elected Guilford County Clerk in 2014. Her top priority as Clerk of Court has been customer service, and she believes and knows that the Clerk of Court's office in many ways is the face of the courthouse. She oversees offices in Greensboro and High Point. She is a graduate of North Carolina A&T State University in the field of public relations, advertising, and applied communication. She got her law degree from North Carolina Central and is a a former assistant district attorney and serves as an adjunct professor at GTCC. Thank you very much for being with us, Lisa. Well, thank you for having me. Okay. So I'm the Register of Deeds and you're the Clerk of Court. And we need to get this straight because people call me the Clerk of Court and they call you the Register of Deeds. So we're going to get this straight and and I'm going to let you lead the way. Can you tell me what the clerk's office does and what the core services are and how it's governed and those kinds of things so people can truly understand what you do? And at a later podcast, I will talk about the register of deeds. So at some point, the public will know what we both do. Lisa, tell us about the clerk of court's office. What are its core services and how's it governed? Well, first, again, thank you for having me um, on this podcast. This is a wonderful opportunity to educate people about the Clerk of Superior Court's office. The Clerk of Court is governed by the North Carolina Constitution, Article 4, Section 9-3, and also by the North Carolina General Statutes 7A-100A. And the Constitution provides that there be a Clerk of Court in every county. And in North Carolina, there's 100 counties, so there are 100 Clerk of Superior Courts across the state. Clerks are elected every four years, and our duties and our powers and our jurisdiction is governed by the general statutes. The clerk of court is a full-time employee of the state of North Carolina, and in every clerk's office, especially in Guilford County, we have a criminal division, a civil division, a juvenile division, bookkeeping, estates, special proceedings, and of course, administrative services that handles everything else that the clerk itself needs. So, you know, in Guilford County, we're just different from any other county because we have two courthouses. So that's the difference as far as Guilford County with respect to the Clerk of Superior Court's office. Yeah. What has been your core priorities as clerk? Well, as the elected clerk, I have five main priorities. First of which is that I am the ex officio judge of probate. I'm an administrator, which means that I oversee personnel issues and I have 150 employees. 
I'm a comptroller responsible for distributing and taking monies and safeguarding those monies when they are deposited with the clerk of Superior Court. I'm a record keeper and I'm a manager and a supervisor. And so those are my my core duties as the elected clerk of court. Yeah. And the Registry Deeds Office has about 30 employees. You have 150 employees. So that's quite a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very much so. And you also mentioned those two different locations. Can you tell us where those are? Absolutely. We have two locations, one in Greensboro and then one in High Point. The Greensboro office is located at 201 South Eugene Street in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is downtown. And then our High Point location, which is the High Point Courthouse, is located at 505 East Green Street in downtown High Point. Okay. Can you tell us what areas of your office deal with end-of-life issues? With respect to end-of-life issues, two of our main divisions that deal with that are estates and special proceedings. So I know that maybe some people have heard of the estates division, but maybe some people are not familiar with the special proceedings division. So I will try to tackle those so people can understand those better. Our estates division oversees the administration of an estate and to see to it that the wishes of the decedent is followed or the applicable laws of the state of North Carolina are followed in absence of a will. So if someone dies, what we call intestate without a will, then we follow what the general statute says. Otherwise, we try to make sure that we follow the directives of the person who drafted the will. And then we also process the paperwork for a spousal allowance in the estates division. Now, with respect to our special proceedings division, how it relates to end of life, our special proceedings division may be utilized during that process if real property needs to be sold to create assets for the payment of debts through an estate. So even though the person may have a will and it says you can dispose of the property as you see fit, if that property needs to be sold to then put that money into the estate to pay the debts of the estate, then you have to ask for permission through the special proceedings division. And then also, if you don't have an estate that you want to open, but maybe there's a vehicle in the decedent's name that you want to transfer. And a lot of times that happens with a husband and wife. Maybe the husband dies and the car was in his name. You come to the special proceedings office to transfer that title. And that's by filling out a form with the DMV. But just like the Registrar Deeds Office, we both have separate roles, but sometimes they overlap one another. But we don't give legal advice. We are administrative in the number of different areas unless it requires for us to make determinations with regard to special proceedings in the states, because we are having a judicial function in those particular areas. That about covers it. Yeah. And that's, are your staff deputized? They're sworn, yeah, they're sworn for their particular office. Yeah. We have a, uh, an oath that we both have to take as elected officials. And we have staff that have oaths, and we, I call it deputizing them, but they act on our behalf every day. And as you just said, the idea, the administrative nature of what we do in the sense that we have to, you know, really be aware that we're not providing legal advice to people and that we're providing the information that they need. What happens when somebody dies and doesn't have a will? Well, if someone dies and doesn't have a will, that's called, like I had said earlier, dying intestate. And so we follow what we call the intestate succession. Act and that is provided by the general statutes, and we just follow whatever the statute says for us to do. Yeah, and just to say again, 
wills and estates are in the clerk's office and not in the deeds office. And I'm sure along the way you'll have some things that you'll say, well, that's in the registered deeds office, not in our office. What does estate and probate refer to? Well, the term estate can refer to a number of different things. But generally speaking, especially through the end of life category, the estates typically refers to the money or the real and personal property that a person had at the time of their death. And Probate means that it's the official proving of the will and establishing uh, the validity of a will. So essentially, it's just the administration of a person's will. What dictates how an estate will be handled? Laws of North Carolina dictate how estates are handled, whether it's with a will or without a will. For instance, if someone dies with what we call a paper writing, because a will actually is a technical term. So when they submit what we commonly known as a will, we refer to it as a paper writing because it doesn't really become a will until the clerk's office has uh, deemed it to be the writing of the decedent and his or her intent. But the purported will must comply with all the rules of the state of North Carolina before it will be opened as an estate. Do you have to file estate paperwork in probate when somebody dies? No, you don't have to, not necessarily. But if a person has sufficient assets or there needs to be a sale or distribution of assets, it is important that a person or the the family members or even friends establish an estate. Also, if there's a concern about any outstanding debts that the decedent had or you need clear title to property, then an estate will probably need to be open because a creditor at any time could come in and open up an estate. It doesn't have to be a family member. It doesn't have to be a friend. It could be any interested party that can open up an estate and ask to administer that particular estate. And so those are some reasons why there might need to be an estate opened. What kind of documents do you need to start that estate administration process? Well, it really depends on the type of estate. So if it's a small estate, the documentation is not um, as great as it would be for a full estate. And fortunately, the administrative office of the court in North Carolina has established a a link that will help people with a questionnaire do a step-by-step, the step-by-step processes. And that's on uh, ncourts.gov slash services. And then you look for the e-file and guide, and it can take you step-by-step. The only one it doesn't really help is with the full estate. And I would always encourage people to contact an attorney for that. Yeah, this question is a simple question, but I see it a lot. And it's really important when people are dealing with estate matters. How do you handle titles for vehicles? Well, you first want to come to our special proceedings division to try to transfer that title. And the form that is used is called an affidavit of authority to assign title which is a DMV form, and that form number is M as in motor, V as in vehicle, and R as in registration, uh, dash 317. And, I mean, the form is pretty simple. The biggest part is you must make sure that you list all the heirs, and heirs are any person that might have rights to that particular vehicle or particular property. And then you pay the, the filing fee for that document, then we certify it and we give it back to the person and they send it to the DMV. Next question with the clerk court is, are wills public record? Okay, so (laughs) 
Here's, We're just peppering you with questions. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's the trick in Guilford County. I mean, Guilford County is unique in that we have two fully functioning courthouses, and we're like two counties in one with High Point and Greensboro. So I say that to say that with regard to wheels being what Mr. Thigpen said, are they public? They aren't when they are filed with the clerk's office prior to someone's death. But in Guilford County, we don't file, we don't accept wills for filing because we were exempted out because we have two fully functioning courthouses. And so it would be a little confusing as to where the person deposited um, that particular will. But after the person uh, dies and once the will has been probated, then that is a public record. So it's not until after person passes away and a state is open that it is then public. But until that happens, of course, the will would be in safekeeping, either in the clerk's office in any other county or maybe somebody's safe deposit box. And so then are all of the debts of the decedent, do they have to be paid before any of those assets can be distributed? Well, there is a priority for debts, but all the debts of the estate have to be paid before the estate is closed unless we determine that there are not sufficient assets, but it's still, the debt's still out there. So if assets happen to come through the estate, those debts will be paid. But, you know, the top priorities for the payment of debts would be proof that the funeral expenses were taken care of and any attorney's fees. Then it depends on what the will directs. And if they don't have a will, then we refer to the Intestate Succession Act. So let's say that the decedent left a list of items to be given to someone after their death. Is that something that can be done immediately or does it have to be listed in the inventory? So if someone passes away and they have items and an estate is open, every item essentially is supposed to be listed on the inventory. However, if you can list it in a lump category like personal property. So if they had two couches and 10 TVs and you know, lots of memorabilia, you could still put that in personal property and you would just give that a dollar amount. If it's real property, you have to list each individual uh, property by address and then you have to list each individual account and bank. So yes, all that has to be listed. It's just how you list it might not be how some people think you have to list it, especially in the personal property category. Can the items that are listed in that inventory be sold at any time? Is there a waiting period? Well, if it really just depends. And without giving um, any legal advice, I'll give as much legal information as I can. So if it is real property doesn't actually come into the estate unless you open up a special proceeding. So if it's real property, then uh, they can sell that at any time, so long as there are no outstanding debt and as long as there's sufficient assets to cover any debts that the estate might have to pay. If it's anything else, what you need to look at is, was there a will and how does the will direct for that to be disposed of? And then if there's no will, then you have to look at the statute to see how those are disposed of. So it it just kind of depends. Just to run back real quick, what qualifies as real property? What does that mean exactly? Real property, like houses, land, anything that is attached to land. Okay. How soon can property be sold? Well, generally speaking, you before you sell any property, you need to get permission from the clerk, and that's done through a special proceeding. And you can't include any type of 
assets from the sale into the estate without going through this special proceeding. So if you're needing to sell the property for it to come into the estate, then you're going to need to ask permission. Otherwise, because real property does not funnel through the estate, then you can sell it so long as there are no outstanding debts. Otherwise, there's there's really going to be a, a lien. You person wouldn't get good title to the property. Are debts paid through the clerk of court, or do they go directly to the entity that's holding that debt? That's a very good question. Payments are made directly to the creditor, but it is incumbent upon either the administrator, the attorney for the estate, or the executor to show proof that those payments um, have been made. And after someone passes away, you're supposed to notify the creditors by placing um, an ad in the paper that runs for consecutive weeks. And if anybody sends something into our office to say that they are a creditor and they are owed money, that's what we're looking for to see if those um, things were paid. And then it's usually through a canceled check or some type of statement from the entity saying that there is a zero balance. One thing that comes up is guardianship issues. And can you talk about corporation of guardianship and how that relates to your office? Okay. So in a guardianship, the clerk is, and that's actually a special proceeding that then turns into an estate if the person is deemed to be incapable of handling their own affairs. So a petition is filed with the special proceedings office, a hearing is heard, and then the clerk's office makes a determination if the person is deemed incapable of handling their own affairs. I don't want to use the word incompetent, but if they're just incapable of handling their own affairs, then we look first to see if there's an individual who is willing to serve. If there is an individual willing to serve, that's the first thing we're looking for. The second thing the statute says is you can appoint guardianship to a corporation. And then the third, if there's not an individual, if there's not a corporation, you can also appoint what we call a public guardian. And a public guardian is someone who agrees and takes an oath to handle the affairs of those persons who would normally not have a guardian, an individual, or corporation. But the Corporation of Guardianship is a private nonprofit organization. And they provide fiduciary services and care management for the ward or the person who has been deemed to be incapable of handling their own affairs. And so that's really what the Corporation of Guardianship is. They are just a private entity that helps facilitate that. Okay, thank you. And I just want to say we got through a gauntlet of questions here. So you've made it through the questions that we had out here. Very good information. A lot in here to digest on the podcast series. Of course, this podcast will have links that will go into and supplemental information in terms of a lot of what the clerk has just talked about. Lisa, I want to thank you as a colleague. I've worked with you for six years as Guilford County Clerk of Superior Court and as Register of Deeds. I've appreciated your leadership. I've appreciated um, the work that you've done in terms of being a public face to the courthouse and working through issues that come up there. Yeah, there's a specific project that we're going to be working on together that I think is very important. As we kind of joke about this being like cousins in a way related to our institutions. And I appreciate the fact that you're working on upgrading the website in terms of the clerk of court's office. And we're working together with the Guilford County clerk to the board of commissioners. So we have the clerk to superior court. We have the clerk to the board of commissioners and we have the Guilford County Register of deeds. And so we're all going to try to work together in the coming year to really people often get us all confused. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. They really do a lot. But Lisa, I, again, I want to thank you for being with us as a part of the Good Grief podcast. And I will say this early on when we started this podcast series, you were really important in terms of reaching out to in supporting this type of concept and the idea of helping people who are dealing with end of life issues. Uh, and serious illness not only have support and more community information around services that are available within our community during the mourning process, but also understanding the institutions that are out there that are there to serve them. And the Guilford County Clerk's Office is certainly one of them. So on behalf of Carly and myself, thank you for being a part of the Good Grief Podcast. Well, thank you again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Good Grief Podcast. We want your feedback. You can visit our website at www.guilforddeeds.com. You can also email us at endoflife at guilfordcountync.gov or find us on Twitter with the handle at guilford underscore ROD. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and until next time, take care.